There's two things that are central to the Christian faith, and one is Christmas. How many of you love Christmas? That's about four of us. How many of you love Christmas? Okay. And the other one is Easter. How many of you love Easter? Yeah. I came in this morning uh, early and we had the prayer time here about half past eight. If you can take this down, please. Uh, about half past eight in the morning. And I, I came in, I was all excited. I said, well, happy Christmas, everyone. <laughs> and uh, I, put the clock back three months, I would have been all right. But um, I love Easter. I love Christmas. Obviously, there's all sorts of family things and there's all sorts of, there's holiday. That's a good one. Long weekend. How many of you love the fact that Tuesday is still a long way off? Yeah, it's just great. And so, um, you know, I love Christmas, I love Easter, but these two holidays, these two events in, in our calendar are not just holidays. They're not just, um, you know, times of the year that we just hang out and get together and chill out and relax, as Tim's told us about a dozen times this morning. I hope you're feeling very chilled and relaxed. <laughs> Can we take this down, please? It's real, I'm struggling with this. Thank you very much. And... Um, But these two holidays are all about Jesus Christ. They're all about what Christianity is all about. See, Christmas is all about the fact that for for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, to come to display the love of God in our world that had grown apart from God created all sorts of religions to try to get to God. See, God was never interested in just creating another religion. We got got too many as it is. He was interested in sending himself, coming himself for God and man to be reunited. So Christmas happens. It would have been awesome for Jesus to have just come and lived 33 years But if he'd never died on the cross and been raised from the dead, we would not have the salvation that is available today. All we would have is a great example of a perfect life. But we need more than a great example of a perfect life. We needed someone to come and be our substitute and to pay the price that you and I should have paid. Today we're talking about Easter and... You know, I was thinking about today, I was thinking about what to talk about and in the short time that we have, but I was thinking about this, you know, on the back of everything we've seen and everything we've sung and everything we've heard. We live in a very, a very uh, visual world. We like to see stuff, yeah? I like to see stuff. You know, when you come to church, you come, of course, we're here to worship God and to meet together, but we come to hear something and see something. We come to hear some good news and we come to see some stuff, you know, see some creative arts. We come to, you know, to see each other. Often, you know, if you go to the Bible, if you read the Gospels, often you'll you'll find the Lord Jesus Christ giving sight to the blind and opening up the deaf ears of those who are deaf. And often you find in the Bible is this, a question like this, what do you see? There was a guy who came to Jesus, in fact he didn't come to Jesus, his friends brought him and he came to be healed, he couldn't see. He was completely blind and you know he didn't he didn't really come in faith, he wasn't expecting anything so when the Lord prayed for him he didn't really get a lot. 
He got sort of a half a healing, if you like. And Jesus said, what do you see? And he said, oh, I don't see very much at all. See men like trees walking around. So Jesus prayed for him again, and he was restored completely whole. But I want to ask us today, what do you see? What do you see? We love to see things. We love to see things that are inspiring. We've just seen some outstanding drama and dance, and I love the swinging curtains over here. They're just great. Don't get any ideas. We're not going to choirs every Sunday, yeah? This is a special event. (laughs) But we love to see things that are inspiring. You know, if we see something and we get into it and we immerse ourselves into it, that's why 3D animation now and films, I love to go and see films, I love, I love to go to the, the theatre, and I don't just you know, see something on a screen. I love a screen, I love to immerse myself into what's going on, be surrounded by it. In our lounge we got surround sound. I don't just want to hear it from there, I want to hear it from everywhere. I want to get in the middle of it. We love to see things that are inspiring. We love to see things that are entertaining. We love to see things that are thought-provoking. You know, as we watch the news or as we, you know, hear what's going on around the world, sometimes we see and hear things that are challenging. And, you know, as a generation, we cannot put our head in the sand and, you know, pretend that the issues in our society don't exist. We need to be fully immersed in them. You know, we see things that are challenging. Perhaps we see poverty. Perhaps we see racial tension. And it's very easy to just watch it on a screen and then put your head in the sand or or close your eyes and think it just doesn't exist in my world. Hey, wake up, guys. It exists in our world. And we've got to immerse ourselves right in the middle of it. What do you see this morning? And what do you do with what you see? Every morning I wake up and I see something beautiful. I wake up, the alarm goes off. The first thing I see is the clock. That's not beautiful. Not at all beautiful. So I don't know. Hit the button and the alarm goes off. But then something warm fills the environment. And I turn my head. (laughs) And I gaze at the most beautiful thing in the world. I gaze at my beautiful wife. And there I am, gazing away as I enter into fully conscious state in the morning. Great way to wake up. That's just great. We love to see things that are thought-provoking, inspiring, entertaining, uh, beautiful. If I had a pound for every time my kids growing up said, Dad, 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 come and look at this. Come and see this. And they've made something or they've, they've broken something. Or they've, you know, there was once there was a, you know, I didn't get a come and see this. I went into the bedroom and I saw it. I saw a broken window. And I said, how did this happen? No idea. <laughs> Wasn't me. Wasn't me, said one of the young men. And I went, oh, right, it was there when I came up. <laughs> Just arrived. Now, the fact that it's broken from the inside and not from the outside, because it's a double glaze and the inside was broken, the outside wasn't. So we know that what I saw didn't lie. I knew what I saw. It wasn't beautiful. It was a broken window. 
That was probably 10 years ago, and the hole is still there today. That's on my to-do list that I get reminded of on a regular basis. But isn't it true that we hear, you know, come and see this, come and watch this. Oh, you've got to watch that. There's a film out that one of my kids said, Dad, you've got to watch that. Am I going to enjoy it or am I going to endure it? Well, you've got to watch it. What do you see? Now, how many of you know that actually two people, a dozen people can look at something and completely disagree about what they see? Perfect example. (laughs) Apparently, a few years ago, this was awesome. When was this? 60s, 70s? 40s. No, I don't think it's the 40s. When was this? 70s. 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 Now, I wasn't born then, so I don't know any of these things. I've just aged quite a lot in the last few years, but I remember my dad dressing like that, and I remember my mum dressing like that, and I remember my brother dressing like that, and I remember the hamster dressing like that when I was growing up. But no, we, we see that today, and we, I don't know what you think about it, but I think it's hilarious. Oh, man. But back then, people thought what they saw was awesome. Fashion comes and goes and changes all the time. I mean, you know, I was talking to somebody about style and stuff, and he was saying, you know what, some of the, you know, the things that we laughed at five years ago from what we wore 40 years ago are coming back. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? And yet, absolutely, uh, genuinely, on the inside, we thought it was horrible last year, and this year we think it's really quite trend- you know, trendy. I can remember I used to wear flares, and my flares used to cover my feet, and they were awesome. This was in the 70s. I was known as the man with two skirts. That is true. Mass, I could do this and like create air drafts. And then straight trousers came in. And I remember when they started coming in. I don't know when it was, spring, summer, whatever it is. Back then we changed fashion every two or three or four years. Now it's every two or three or four minutes. But back then, and so straight trousers came in. I thought, they are ugly. They were just horrible. I saw what everybody else saw, but I thought they looked horrible, and they, they're just idiots, these people who are wearing these things. They just look rubbish. And I held out for about three years. <laughs> I couldn't buy flares anymore because they weren't in the shops, but I used to, I was hanging in there. Back then, the rips were not fashionable. They were just because they were old, yeah? And it's just like, but it didn't take long till I got up one day, and I went out, and I bought my first pair of straight trousers. We didn't have skinnies back then. You see, what happened is the things I saw didn't change, but my perception of what I saw changed. How many of you know two people can look at the same thing and see two completely different things? What do you see? How many of you see a man looking forwards this way? Yeah, it's about four of us. Five of us, six of us. Come on, how many people? Okay, wait a How many people see a man looking that way? Okay. Now, it would be very easy for the first lot to say to the second lot or vice versa, you're wrong. You're wrong. He's looking that way. No, he's looking that way. And we could get into a whole load of argument here. But if you just think he's looking that way, you're wrong. 
If you just think he's looking that way, you're wrong. He's looking both ways. That's the clever thing. But isn't it interesting that our perception comes from what... How we see things and how we see things comes from our perception. Is These two things are very, very intertwined. You see, Jesus said to Simon, he was at a, he was at a party. Jesus was at a party. <coughs> and in comes this lady who they did not want to be there. She wasn't invited. She had the worst kind of uh, reputation. In fact, you know, somebody was getting so stirred up, they could have wanted to stone her, take her outside. How dare you come in here? We don't want your kind at this house. We don't want your kind at this party. Now, the interesting thing was there were the, there were the heads of the synagogue were sitting there. And they were getting stirred up. We don't want this kind of person here. You know, shouldn't be in my house. Get out. And up stood the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and he spoke to the man who owned the house, Simon. And he said this. He said, he said, Simon, do you see this woman? Well, of course he saw the woman. Everyone was getting stirred up about it, and he was seeing the woman. But actually what the Lord was asking was this. What do you see when you see this woman? What do you see? Everybody in the room saw the woman, but what did they see when they saw the woman? What did you see when you saw those two faces? Somebody that way saw... What did you see? And he asked the question because actually it's not just what we see, it's what we do with what we see and what we believe with what we see and what we do as a result of what we see. What do you see? I want to ask you today, what do you see? What do you see in life? What do you see when you see a challenge? Do you see an opportunity to rise up and to stir yourself up and to say, I'm going to overcome this? Or do you see an opportunity to run and hide and quit? Same challenge, two different results. What do you see when you see the world around you? Do you see incredible creation? The Bible actually says God is clearly seen. The goodness of God is clearly seen in what we see around us. I'm not just talking about, you know, stuff like cars and things. And I love cars and I love motorbikes and I love, I love all that. But when we look at creation, the, the most awe-inspiring creation, we've had the, the honor and the joy of going to different parts of the world. And I've preached all over the place, uh, you know, and I've seen some of the most incredible sights. And we stood on a rock last year, the, the whoever rock it was over in, where were we last year? Norway. For about a week and we stood on this rock and the, the you could see for miles. Miles and miles, isn't there a song? You can see for miles and miles and miles. We could. It was a bit cloudy so we couldn't see as far as we would normally see. But it was, it was, it was incredible. And to stand up there and to think, you know what, all this, the hummingbird that, that, that flies, I don't know how many thousand times a second, the wings go and, and you know, the, the food chain and the creation and the trees and the planets. And now we've got the Hubble telescope. Oh, I love all this stuff, man. Don't get me going. See the universes and everything else. And we say, ah, oh, you know what? I can see it. And you know what it is? random accident one atom just decided to collide with another atom and hey presto there we go a few billion years later look what we got yeah really 
Really? That's like throwing up a thousand, a thousand alphabets in the air, throwing them up, and they all fall down into, into a novel. Actually, if you do the sums, that's exactly what it is. It ain't going to happen when you throw it up just once. What do you see when you see the world, an incredible creation or random accident? What do you see when you look at Jesus? What do you see when you look at Jesus? What do you mean, look at Jesus? He's not here. Do I look at him on a Christmas card? or in a, Well, okay, let's talk about the person of Jesus a little bit. He came 2,000 years ago, and historical fact, I mean, absolutely. He was here. Can't put your head in the sand, he came. And historically proven, he did what he did, and he said what he said. Not all the detail, that's all in the Bible, but the fact that he was here, and what people said about him is absolutely historical fact. What do you see when you look at that? Do you see a religious figure? Another one. Another prophet, another guru, another somebody. Or do you see perhaps a person who is just going around deceiving people? He knew exactly what he was doing. He was just going around getting rich. I don't know, deceiving people. Perhaps you see a madman. Absolutely insane. He believed he was the son of God. He believed that he was dying for the sins of the world, but actually he was mad. Or do you see a savior? A healer, a provider. A teacher, a God of love. What do you see when you look at Jesus Christ? I want to ask you another question, if that's okay here today. Ask us this. What do you see when you look at yourself? What do you see when you look at yourself? We've just had uh, a piece of drama about somebody who was saying, I am, this is me. This is me. This is who I am. But actually, who we are is not just a moment in time. It's a journey. It's a story. So what do you see when you look at yourself? Do you see the scars, as we saw, and the, and the, and the bruises and the beatings? Or do you see what you have become as a result of what you've been through? You see, if you're identifying with the scars and the bruising, you will always live in regret and the past, and, and if only, and I was born at the wrong time, I'm the wrong color, I'm the wrong sex, I'm the wrong age, I had the wrong parents, whatever it is. But if you realize, actually, all of these things can work together, this is me. This is me. This is me. What do you see when you look at yourself? You see, how we see ourselves determines so many things about our lives. How we see ourselves will determine what we decide about the person of Jesus Christ. What do you mean by that, Pastor Joe? Well, okay, if you see yourself as, as very self-confident, hey, I'm awesome. <laughs> Incredible. I'm a self-made man. I don't need anybody. If there's a challenge, I'm going to win. I don't lose. I never quit. Now, we love here in Citygate, we love to empower people with an attitude to win. Absolutely do. See, but there's an excess to all of these things. And if, and if you see yourself as this incredible, confident, never-fail never lose type of person. You know what you'll see about Jesus? I have no need of a saviour. I have no need for somebody to come 
and help me. I don't need help. Perhaps you see yourself other end of the spectrum as a loser. <laughs> no self-worth whatsoever. Waste of space. You've been told all your life that you will amount to nothing. You're worthless. You're useless. Nobody wants you. Nobody, you just go and, if, if, in fact, it's better if you just don't come at all. Just go and hide away, live your life, die. Just be a little smudge in history. Nobody cares. And if that's how you see yourself, you know how you'll see Jesus Christ? Ah. Oh. Yeah, perhaps he died for everybody, but he didn't die for me. I can't, I can't, I'm not worthy to have eternal life. I'm worthless, I'm useless. No one would want to come and save me. I know I'm asking a lot of questions here today, but I want to ask another one. What does God see when he looks at me? What does God see when he looks at me? I don't know what you've heard about God or Jesus. I don't know what you've heard. I don't know what you've seen or what your perceptions are. It's not helped by all the soap operas and by the films which portray, you know, Christians or Christ or God himself as some old man that hates people and he's just angry at the world. What does God see when he looks at the world? When he sees us here today, when he sees all the people around the world, what does God see? Has God got this aggression? I hate mankind. What a bunch, what a mess. I just can't wait to judge them all. <laughs> See, if that's what you think, what God sees when he looks at you, then that will determine what you see about the Lord Jesus Christ. Does God see you as worthless? Well, that doesn't make sense if the gospel is what the gospel is. Why? Because why would you die for something and pay a price of the most precious thing for something that is worthless? Why would you do that? Why would you give your most precious to pay for something that you hate? You just wouldn't. You just leave it to itself. Okay, what about the other end of the spectrum? How does God see us? What does God see when he looks at us? Does he look at something worthless or does he look at something priceless? Well, you can only find out when you determine what price he paid when he sent Jesus Christ. For a person to send their only begotten son and for that son to say, I so love this world and he looked at you and he looked at me and he hung on the cross. We watched the passion of the Christ last night as a family and you know, some bits are stomach turning. To see that Jesus went through that of his own free choice because of me and because of you, because of the world, that must mean that we are not worthless. That must mean that God loves his creation so much and he sees you as priceless. He sees you as priceless. God sees someone that he wants to spend eternity with and give the best to. I don't know about you, you're probably the same as me. You know, you love to be around people, but you can have enough of people. Yeah? <laughs> Thank God for Friday. You know, I've seen you all week. Yeah, great, I'm going home. <laughs> Perhaps you spend long time with somebody and it's like, oh, it's been great up to now, but I'm glad it's ending tomorrow. <laughs> you love my kids, you want a bit of your own space. That's great, that's, that's just fine. But... But you know what God is saying? He's saying this. I want to spend eternity with you every day. Because I love you. You're my favourite. You're precious to me. 
I gave my only begotten son just to get you. What do you see when you look at the cross? We sang earlier, when I see the cross, I see freedom. What do you see when you see the cross? Do you see a historic perhaps? Might have happened, might not. Do you see the death of a deceiver? Do you see the death of a madman? Do you see the death of somebody who believed he was something that he wasn't? Or do you see it the way God saw it, that, that on the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ was paying the price to give us eternal life and to put us back into a relationship with God that we could not have outside of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ? What do you see when you see the cross? There were two thieves. The Bible says... One on his right, one on his left. One turned around and just started to say, you see, he said it was like this. He said, you're a loser, Jesus. <laughs> you're an idiot. If you are who you say you are, do something about this. Cursed him, spat at him, all the people were cursing and spitting at Jesus and whatever else. But then the guy on the other side saw exactly the same thing saw the same crucifixion, saw the same Jesus, heard the same words, but he saw a completely different picture. Why? Because of the state of what was going on in his own heart. And he said, Jesus, in fact, he told the guy off over there, he said, stop it. We deserve this. He didn't deserve it. He's innocent. And then he looked at Jesus. He said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. See, he didn't see the cross as a failure. He saw the cross as a victory. He, see the, he saw the cross as an opportunity to ensure an eternal life. Yeah. When I see the cross, I see freedom. On the cross, Jesus provided freedom in so many areas, material, emotional, financial, relational. Jesus dealt with it all on the cross. But the greatest thing he did is he provided the answer for the greatest need of all time and the greatest of all needs and that is this, the need for a saviour in the world today. The need for a saviour. See, religion can't save you. Christianity can't save you. Islam can't save you. Hinduism can't save you. Buddhism can't save you. Humanism can't save you. There's only one person who can save you, and that's the saviour. And the saviour is Jesus Christ. Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2 says this, as I can have the band up. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of examples, people around us, people speaking, uh, uh, and people who can really demonstrate what this is all about. It says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. You see, if you see something, it'll, it'll cause us to do something. If you see Jesus Christ as your saviour, it'll change the way you live. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of, of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy that was set, we sang it earlier, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. 
He endured the most horrific of tortures and of deaths. And for three days and nights, he was divided from the Father. On the third day, he was raised again. And you know why he endured that? He endured that for the joy. What is the joy? You and I discovering that Jesus Christ is Lord and coming back into a relationship with the Heavenly Father. That was worth it all. The joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus endured the cross for you, my friend, and he endured the cross for me. What does it mean to look under Jesus? Looking unto Jesus, he says, the author and the finisher of our faith. Looking under Jesus. What does that mean? It didn't just say, look at Jesus. Lots of people look at Jesus. Look at Easter, look at Christmas. To look unto means you are expecting an answer. You're not just observing, you are expecting to receive an answer. I look unto you for this. I look to you for that. I look to you for the answer in this. It says, looking unto Jesus. Lots of questions. Another one, who are you looking unto today? Do you look unto yourself? You know what, if I go through it, oh, I'm gonna find the answer. Well, it's great and that's part of a victorious life, absolutely. But we understand we are not the answer. That we get the answer from Jesus Christ. Look unto Jesus. He is the answer in our lives. Do you look unto somebody else? Lots of people in this life and it, it's a good thing to, you know, to carry each other and to walk with each other and to stand with each other. But at the end of the day, my friend, if, if we look unto somebody else to be the answer in our life, you know what's going to happen? They are going to disappoint us. And there are people right across this room who have been, who've been let down. You trusted and the trust was destroyed. You believed and they let you down. They promised and it didn't happen. Hello? Why? Because people are fallible. But my friend, today there is one who will never let you down. Who will never disappoint you. His name is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. He is infallible. He is immovable. He is a wonderful Saviour. Perhaps you look unto luck or chance. Good luck. Well, absolutely. As a, as a Christian, I believe in the favour of God favor I believe to be in the right place at the right time but you know what it's not just because it just happens it's because God arranges it I don't want to just live by luck scratch my little card or just I'm just believing for luck oh he's really lucky she's really lucky Oh, that was really unlucky dear God I would not want to live through this life which is so important so crucial by chance or by luck I want to live on a path that not everything is preordained, absolutely not. But I'm in a relationship with God who can open doors before me, who can arrange meetings, who can cause stuff to happen. My God, I don't trust in luck. I trust in a living God who is a God of favour and who can arrange things for me. Who are you looking unto? Yourself, somebody else, luck or chance, or are you looking unto Jesus Christ today? The Bible says this, Psalm 34 verse 5, those who look unto Jesus are radiant. If you look unto Jesus, you ain't going to be miserable. You're not going to be frustrated, disappointed, angry, upset, jealous. You're going to be radiant. 
What do you see when you look at the empty tomb? Is that just evidence for you that God doesn't exist? Can't even find the body of Jesus. See, he never existed. Which way is the face looking, yeah? Or do you see an empty tomb and you see the evidence of a resurrected Jesus Christ? When I see the grave, I see Jesus. When I see the grave, I see victory. The grave tells me that Jesus Christ won the battle. The grave tells me that death couldn't hold him down. That he has victory even over death, hell and the grave. When I see the empty tomb, I see the evidence of eternal life being made available to us. If Jesus had just died, that would have been a failure. But praise God today, he didn't just die, he was raised from the dead. And that gives me the victory and that gives me the entrance right into an eternal life with Jesus Christ. So I want to ask you today, my friend. What do you see when you see Jesus? Perhaps you come here as a guest today. Perhaps you've been coming here for years. What do you see when you see Jesus? What do you see? Do you see a madman, a religious figure, a a figure in history that nobody really knows? Or do you see a saviour? I want to ask you today. I'm going to pray in just a minute and then I'm going to ask us to answer that question. Every eye closed, please, and every head bowed in this place. We're going to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us. That We thank you, God, that you think we are priceless. You don't see us as... poor, weak, decrepit embarrassments. You see us as your, your creation. And it's your heart for each of us today. For us to know you personally and to be able to call you dad. Heavenly Father, Abba Father, Dad. Have that level of relationship. Not just almighty God in heaven, but Father that I love and I adore. Lord Jesus, we thank you. This is a time of year all over the world. People are celebrating an empty grave. Why? Because you were raised from the dead and you are now seated at the right hand of the Father on high. And Lord, we thank you today that this is a reality. It's not just a religion. This is is what it is. This, This is what happened. And today available to each one of us here and to everybody in the world is an opportunity to know you, Father, as our Father, to know you, Jesus, as our Lord and our Saviour the one to walk through life with, to face every hurdle with, to overcome every obstacle with. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your commitment to us and your great passion and your great love for us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And just while we have every head bowed and every eye closed, this is a very personal moment, so please, no one looking around, this is between you and God. I'm gonna ask a question, do you know Jesus Christ? as your personal Lord and Saviour. What do you see when you see Jesus? Oh, I don't really know. Well, I want you to take a good look right now. What do you see? Do you see your Saviour? Do you see the one who loves you so very, very, very much that He died for you? And I'm going to ask you to answer that question right now. 
Every Sunday we do this, but I'm going to ask you, do you want to see Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord? Do you want to come into a place today, right now, make a decision that says, Jesus, I want to see you as my Savior. I want to see you clearly. I don't want all the confusion. I don't want all the, all the opinion. I want to see you as you really are. And we're going to pray a prayer in just a minute as a whole congregation. Ask everybody to pray the prayer, but I'm going to ask you individually today, whether you're here for the first time or you've, you're a regular churchgoer, is Jesus Christ your Lord and your Saviour? Do you know Him? Do you have a personal relationship with Him? Do you, do you speak with Him? Do you have a, a conversation with Him on a daily basis? Do you love His Bible? Do you... Do you love what he's done for you? Are you grateful? We sang, Lord, I am grateful earlier. Well, you're only thankful for what you know you've got. So I'm going to ask you right now, if, if you're here today and we had a number of people respond in the first service and today I know that God wants to touch lives and touch hearts and show himself to people today. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor Jay, you know what? I want to see Jesus. I don't just want to have, have some opinion of a religion. I want to know this is real. And I want, to, I want to know Jesus Christ or know, I have some questions answered. I want to know about him. I want to make a, a step this morning. I want to make a decision and say, Jesus, I want to see you. Prove yourself to me. Show yourself to me. Uh, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. Whatever you're asking from God today for Jesus to be real to you, I'm going to ask you to do one thing now and that is lift your hand right now please in this place god bless you god bless you is there anybody else god bless you is there anybody else here today god bless you god bless you god bless you wonderful you know what jesus wants to be real we don't want this to be a religion god bless you we want this to be a reality is there anybody else hands up all over this auditorium once i've seen you you can put your hand down that's wonderful wonderful is there anybody else here today Last chance as I lost chance, last opportunity today as I look across the auditorium. Is there anybody else? God bless you. Wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful. Wonderful. Come on. This is gorgeous. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anybody else here today? God bless you. I'm going to ask us to all uh, stand to our feet right now and we're going to pray and perhaps you responded, perhaps you didn't, but you know, I want to encourage you to pray this prayer. Let's all stand to our feet and we're going to pray to the God of all creation who loves us. Let's all say this, Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you've demonstrated your love by sending your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on a cross to pay the price for me to have eternal life. Come into my life, Jesus, to be my Lord, my Savior, and my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived, just living for myself. I want to live for you, Jesus. I give my life to you, and by the help of your grace and your power, I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's celebrate in this place right now.